is home court on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto basketball. DeMar up top to Siakam, swing to Van Vliet for three, good, down the bottom of the well for the Wichita State shocker, Fred Van Vliet. Welcome back to Home Court right here on TSN 1050. Megan McPeak, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg. And now on the line, joining us as always that he does, the coach, Jack Armstrong. Jack, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon as always. Oh, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Now, before we even get into basketball, are you ready for your your tough Bills game tomorrow? I am. Uh, I'm leaving my house at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll be there at the tailgate by 9, raring to go. So, you know, we'll definitely dominate the tailgate. I'm not sure at (laughs) 1 o'clock what will happen, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun. It's the last Bills game I can go to this year because next Sunday I'm in Sacramento, and the following Sunday we have a Raptor game at home, and those are the last two Bills home games, and then they're on the road for the final two. So whatever happens, I'll have a good time. Jack, are you wearing your hello to uh, the game tomorrow? You know what? Uh, people, uh, I, I brought some to the arena last night. I am all out of them. I don't, oh, even, convi- have very I don't even have one for myself. What about me and the guys? Well, I, believe me, I don't even have one. My kids <laughs> don't even have one. I mean, anywhere I turned last night, people were grabbing them for me, so I'm out of them, but... Uh, I'm sure there'll be more on the way. It's a hot commodity. Jacko, let's jump into it. And I don't even want to go third quarter. I want to ask you a question looking ahead at this schedule. The Raptors have seven games coming up against teams that none are above 500. Do you see the Raptors going 7-0 when you're looking at this schedule? Wow. Ah, man. They've got Phoenix, Memphis, Sacramento, Clippers, Phoenix, Brooklyn, Sacramento again. Well, I'll say this. Uh, they'll have a shot every night, and they'll probably be favored all seven. I mean, if now if Mike Conley comes back, uh, I mean, obviously Blake Griffin's hurt. Uh, you know, I, I, I would imagine they'll probably, even though, even though some of these games are on the road, I would imagine they'll probably be favored in all of them. Uh, now, will they win all seven? That's going to be tough. Anytime you play on the road, it's you know it's a difficult proposition. But I think they have you know if I'll say this: if they're going to have a really good year, like if we're talking about a team that's north of fifty wins and approaching fifty-five and in the top three, and you know kind of dictating terms a little bit in terms of home court and maybe even getting to the top two and and hosting the first two rounds of the playoffs. If you're going to do that, and if you want to do that, you better win six at least and probably seven of these games coming up. That's a, that's a legitimate point. Jack, I think the only person that expected the Raptors bench to be among the league's best was C.J. Miles, who made that claim in preseason, and I hope he put some money on that because the odds would have been pretty good at that point. Uh, they've been a pleasant surprise, certainly. Is there one or two guys uh, through the first quarter of the season that have really stood out to you in that group? Well, Josh, I, I, would, I, would, I would echo your thoughts, and I would go one step further. I think Masai Ujiri in the front office really felt that these kids could develop and, uh, you know, I think they're incredibly super patient and super committed, uh, maybe more so than most people in our, in our impulsive, reactionary, sky-is-falling business. 
So I think they had more faith, uh, and, and, you know, and now that faith has grown. You can see Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, they believe in these kids now. Like, they're having fun. Even though the Raptors won 51 games last year, I, you, you guys could have, you'd have to ask those guys the question, but I, I look at their body language. They seem to be having a lot of fun right now. Like, they go, man, these kids are pretty good. But, you know, to answer your question, uh, Fred Van Vliet had a rocky start. Man, oh, man, he's kicking tail right now. He's playing really well. And I was a big believer when I was a college coach. If you can get players from winning high school programs with great coaching, they're going to make you look really smart. And I think Dwayne Casey's the beneficiary of getting a guy from a winning collegiate program who is really well coached. Who's You know, he and Ron Baker, one of the two of the best all-time college backcourts that nobody talks about. And uh, those guys are, are both in the league for a reason, because they got great winning habits. So he's won. Pascal Siakam's been fabulous. He's been awesome. I mean, just his energy. I said it on the air last night. And he's a better passer than, than like, his numbers appear. I mean, he's, like, aware, alert. He knows where things are supposed to go next. Uh, Jakob Pertl, wow. I mean, he just uh, he's a young man that, in today's NBA, he's got that mobility to guard, and and uh, he's you know he's very athletic. He's got great hands. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's an improving player. And and I tell you what, Delon Wright before he got hurt, uh, you know, for a twentieth pick, uh, you know, I mean, he looks like a guy that if he if he can tighten his jump shot up and consistently make threes, he could be a starter in this league. So. They got some good young pieces, and it's probably one I forgot. But, uh, you know, and, and obviously OG is uh, a guy that I think is a great fit in the starting lineup. You don't have to run any plays for him. He's got super basketball IQ. I love his makeup. He's a two-way player, and he's only going to get better with age. Norman Powell would have been everyone's answer to this question a year ago, and now he's the last guy that we mentioned, which speaks volumes to how good these other guys have been. Well, Norman Powell, though, I, I, I love how he's playing off the bench. I love Dwayne Casey's comments about being an, more of an attacker off the bench. Uh, and, and I really think that he's a guy that uh, will feel more ownership and more responsibility with that group. And I think those other guys around him will make him better and facilitate shots for him. Whereas, I've said this many times, I think in the starting unit, you got a lot of needy guys in that unit that want the leather in their hands, that want to express themselves, and maybe sometimes don't know enough about how to facilitate for others consistently. And I think in that second unit, a needy guy like Powell gets to play with guys that, are, that really will hook him up. And uh, chemistry is an important thing. Team play is a big thing. And yet you need finishes. But you know, finishers are better when they play with guys that give it up. Jack, all things are rolling. This team is looking good. I'm not asking or talking about trades. But is there anyone you feel could, like, within the team as it is right now, can play a bit better, give you a little bit more, just to kind of help this team get to that next level? Well, I keep banging the drum. I mean, they need Ibaka and Valanciunas to play better. I mean, point blank, no mm -hmm. doubt. I mean, uh, Ibaka, I thought, played really hard last night. I, 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 it was a tough position to put him in. Uh, late now, he uh, Dwayne Casey had to because I think Jakob Pertl absolutely hit the wall. Uh, but Abaka came in at a few turnovers, and and I thought he had played well final before that final stretch where he came in where he had sat on the bench for a while. So 
but I thought he played super hard. They gotta, we got to see that guy every night, that guy who's competing, balling, not worrying about settling for threes, but getting to the rim, blocking shots, rebounding, playing with energy defensively, being that legitimate, consistent third option that the Raptors traded for and gave him a lot of money to be. And then Valanchunas, I've been hopping on this. I go crazy when I see him post up nine feet from the basket. And then one bounce, two bounce, three bounce with a guard from the wing and a guard from the top can dig down and and force him to turn the ball over or take a lousy shot. And I'm a big believer that he's got to get both feet in the paint and start playing the man's game in there and beat the heck out of each other, uh, out of people, and play a little bit more like an Andre Drummond or a Shaquille O'Neal or a guy like that and be a complete beast and be in beast mode all the time. And I think when he gets deep, he is a tough guy to stop. He's strong as an ox. He can finish with anybody. And he's a high percentage player when he's there. And if you saw a few times last night, he caught the ball deep in the post, both feet in the paint and he kicked tail, and he's got to do more of that. And I think if he gets there, uh, I I think he can really thrive. And and I'll say this, too. I would love to see a lineup one time, and so so everybody's so caught up in Serge playing the five. I'd love to see a lineup one time where you put Lowry, DeRozan, and then C.J. Miles and either Norman Powell or Fred Van Vliet and some good shooting around them. And, and you kind of go four out, one in, and just let him play beast mode in the post. And then you got guys that can create on the perimeter and shoot the ball and move without it and do things. Uh, I think that he's a guy that, again, I, I think his value is better than people think. If he plays the way he can and gets to where he's supposed to, I think he's a guy that's very difficult to stop in this finesse-oriented NBA. All right, Jack, I've saved the hard-hitting stuff for last. I I was thoroughly entertained by your conversation on the worst media meals in the NBA late in that Atlanta game. You mentioned Charlotte, Atlanta, Miami, I believe, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. So my question now is, best three media meals in the NBA? Well, the ones I like, uh, I think Milwaukee is fabulous. The soups there are just to die for. They're always really good. Uh, and, you know, I, I think L.A., usually yep. the Clippers and the Lake, Lakers do a really nice job. Uh, where else? Let's see. Boston's always very good. Um, and then, I, you know, there, there's a few others that can surprise you a little bit, but those are ones that are that are that I always look forward to. But uh, no doubt Charlotte is by far the all-time worst. I mean, it is just horrendous. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the uh, soft-serve ice cream machines, so L.A. does it for me. I agree with you, Jacko. <laughs> Well, I'm always the guy, and, and I can name the, the uh, media rooms in, in the league that, that have cold beer after games, so yep. they that all go too. right to the top of the list. <laughs> all right, Jacko, we appreciate your time, and make sure you stay warm in Buffalo tomorrow. Oh, you got it. It would be a nice day tomorrow. I can't wait. Have a good one, Jack. Thanks, Thank Jack. Jack Armstrong joining us. Always interesting to hear about the media meals. We go analytics and we welcome in Neil Johnson. Keep it locked right here on TSN 1050.